I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about BCM or business continuity management. We're talking about what it means, why it's important, and what can go wrong if you don't pay attention to it. By the end of the episode, you'll have a clearer idea of the risks that every organization faces and what to do to address it. I'm joined by Junita van der Kolf from Protein Business Solutions and Bradley Janssen van Rensburg from Catalytic. Welcome. Thanks, Jaku. Thanks for Great having us. Great to be here. Junita, um, let's start with you. Give us a little bit of a background and then also what it is that you do with your customers uh, on a day-to-day basis. Thanks, Yaku. So, yes, I'm Janita van der Kolf, the Managing Director for Protean Business Solutions. A little bit about myself. My background is I uh, studied economics and law. Um, ended up in risk management when it was really just taking off um, and people were starting paying attention. Um, worked for one of the big four, started my career there. Um, worked a little bit in public sector. And then about four years ago, um, started my own advisory firm, which is Protean Business Solutions. And the services that we provide our clients is just really... Um, helping them on the journey of building resilience. So um, with COVID, I think everybody has woken up to that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, talking about risk, enterprise risk management, scenario planning, strategic planning, and then what you mentioned, business continuity management. And a big part of that is then also making sure that our IT systems are up and running for when we need them. So yeah, in a nutshell, that's me. Thank you. That's quite a mouthful. <laughs> Brad, um, over to you. Give us a little bit of a background. So, Brady Jans von Rensburg, uh, happily part of the Catalytic team um, from the beginning of the year. I've got about 20 years' experience in IT disaster recovery and business continuity. I started on the technical side of things, uh, very junior, and then got into server recovery, and then eventually ended up as CTO of a large business continuity company. So, been involved in thousands of different recovery solutions, hundreds and hundreds of recovery tests, and I would say at least 20 or 30 real-world incidents where um, potentially those companies wouldn't be around anymore if they didn't have strong disaster recovery and they weren't well rehearsed and ready for it when it happened. Okay, fantastic. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. So, um, Unita, this industry of yours has got beautiful, beautiful terms that I, I love the words that, that you guys use. There's risk, which is a bit more of a blunt instrument. Then there's resiliency, sustainability, all of these beautiful terms. So, so tell me, what is BCM? Okay. So I'm going to take a step back. I'm a bigger picture person. I know I'm a picture person. So I'm just going to um, try to explain it with the broader, like, what is resilience, right? And, and there's different aspects of resilience in business. So one of which is managing your risks, that's being proactive, understanding the uncertainties, understanding your operating environment and really responding to that. So so that's really the proactive side. But then we need to also plan for, but what if things do go wrong? Okay, so control failed, something outside of our control, like a pandemic happens. How do we respond to that? And then you have your strategic response, which is really your executives making strategic decisions on what we need to do. You And then you go into recovery and saying, okay, 
but we need to now, uh, let's say we don't have access to our building or um, we lost people. So, so what do we do? So that's really your business continuity management planning. And then you have the strong DR side of that, which is also disaster recovery, which talks to our IT systems, our networks, the access to data. So it's really the, the bigger picture. Um, and then what we've seen in COVID is the importance of having a resilient business strategy, right? So, so do we do scenario planning to test our strategy? Do we understand the risks and opportunities? So when I talk about a risk, it's really the uncertainty in achieving our objectives. So, so really looking at it holistically and then also the people element to that as well as how resilient are our people? Um, how, what's the risk culture? So like, do they take ownership of the, the risks that they need to manage and making sure that things can continue if they're not there? So, so that's the, the bigger picture. So all these terms are very intimidating and like people just throw around and we, we also doing the same thing now. It's BCM and DR and, and, and often like it just goes over people's heads, but I think it's important to understand it is, is, it's about creating that resilient organization and it's being proactive and then also making sure we plan for if things do go wrong at the end of the day. So I think it's a very, it, it seems very complex, but it's, um, I think the, the effectiveness of it lies in its simplicity. Okay, so one of the uh, key um, sayings in my life that one of my mentors taught me is is he has a beautiful term that says, the prince that doesn't undertake the peril of understanding undertakes the peril of trust. Mm. So in other words, in business, if we don't understand what the risks are, then then we've got to trust and hope that whoever is entrusted with those key functions basically will will come to the party and make sure that we we yeah. we, do, we don't fail. So so why is it important? Um, I, I read a stat on your website that said ninety percent of businesses without a business continuity plan fail after a, a big event. Is that yeah. is that correct? And and why is it important? And I think yeah, let's start with that. So so definitely, I think. Um, and I think COVID really has emphasized the importance of being prepared. Uh, we've seen a lot of organizations fail due to the lack of preparedness, due to the lack of decision making, due to the lack of bad leadership and just not, not, and everybody not knowing exactly what their role is if something goes wrong, right? So, so I think COVID has really emphasized the fact and that really validated that stat. Um, I think the companies that were able to pivot, to move quickly, to make quick, good decisions that were prepared, they're the ones that came out um, at the end of the day but you say something like very important and that's the word trust right so i have a saying right now is that we need to build um relationships on trust and not transactions right we can pay for stuff and yeah like money is there but i think the important part for me about trust is that it's not just about entrusting your employees like yes the internal trust that we know what to do i know that you're going to do what you're supposed to be doing but also creating the trust for our stakeholders right so our stakeholders is not um any like it's not our employees and our customers and, and those things anymore. It's, it's broader than that. It's also the general public. So with being prepared and having these plans in place and managing your risk as a business, you're creating that credibility and trust at the end of the day that even if things go wrong, people will still believe in you as an organization. They will still trust that you, you, you have the leadership. You, you got this. So, so, um, their data is safe with you. Their business is safe with you. So that trust, I think, is, is important. Yes, the internal trust for making sure everybody understands their role, but also the trust it creates for ex- the external parties and your stakeholders, I think, is even more important. What the, a number of beautiful key points there. Um, the other day when we when we spoke, 
uh, you come from this, let's call it consulting background, and there's, there's some very nice consulting words and big words. <laughs> so, so one of the questions that I have is, is, is this purely aimed at, at big corporates, mm. or does every business need to have some form of a Resilience plan, let's call it that. Okay, so I want to like stop with the word consultant. I hate it, and the perception is really bad out there, and I, I hate being called a consultant. So every single client I have, no, they call me a partner. I go into your business, I partner with you. I'm not going to claim I know your business. you the expert. You know your business. I'm there to facilitate the process. And the word facilitate means to make it easier um, and, and also to train and to transfer my skills and experience. I don't want to be at your company for forever i want to make sure that your staff knows what to do that they empowered because that's really my passion is empowering people and organizations to think differently about the way they do things that's really my passion right so 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 that's the one thing so don't like the word consultant at all um and then the second part is yes every single business needs to have um proper plans in place and it's funny because the other day my team sat me down and said okay Janita, so what if something happens to you so what's our business continuity management plan and i said well good point guys so we have our shared folder and um, we make sure there's transfer for re- relationships so I think one of the biggest risks especially in smaller organizations and, and Yaku you can maybe relate to this being uh, having been a founder yourself is the fact that there's something called institutional memory right I mean you, you have people coming and going in organizations but institutional memory is really the background of why we're doing things a certain way the relationships that's been built over the years the network and you can't really replace that so as a small business owner it's important to kind of take your team with you and, and making sure that they empowered that, that you at one point to some point can step away because I think that's the biggest risk for smaller companies that I see. Um, one is like the way they manage their data because they think they don't need a, a big backup plan and a, a secondary site and all of that fancy stuff. So one data and I think two is the fact that like that, that big people risk, um, for key individuals. So, so those are the things that I think it's very important for smaller businesses to also manage their risk properly. So I think one of the things that came out of our conversation a couple of weeks ago is is I think risk or, or this conversation is almost like talking about your life policies. As a business owner, it's not really a comfortable process to go through. So you, you tend to sort of focus on the the nice things in the business like, like sales and getting new customers. And this is like something you put it in file 13 and say, okay, right, we'll, we'll deal we'll with get it. To it yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about it now. It's, yeah. it's a bit too, too real or hectic. So, so let's bring it, uh, let's bring it back to a technology, um, focus, Brad. Cyber incident response, big word. What, tell us about, you, you mentioned that you were involved in a number of serious recoveries or whatever. So what is the, one of the biggest, uh, incidents that you've experienced? And, um, and talk us through it and, and what was the risk to the business and how did they, how did they deal with that? Um, well, you know, I think IT systems going down isn't anything new. I think we all experience it regularly and, and you can practice and you can rehearse for it. Uh, in the cybersecurity space, we're living in a very interesting time because, you know, it's not just a mistake. It's not just an accident. Uh, now you can be maliciously attacked. You know, you can be targeted by an organization who's trying to install ransomware encrypt all of your data and then get paid in bitcoin or or some sort of um untraceable currency and we we sort of had this idea of uh, the hackers like a young teenager in a hoodie sitting in a dark room somewhere but 
the scale that we've got to is is on another level. You know, um, these organisations are operating in big office buildings in countries where the law isn't very clear, uh, where the law hasn't actually caught up, and they've got HR departments, they've got managers, they apply for leave, they have performance bonuses. So, the scale that it's got to, and that's before we even get into nation states cyber war warring with each other, um, that you could potentially be caught up in that. Uh, there was a recent attack at the end of last year with uh, SolarWinds where um, they believe Russian hackers paid for by the state um, put in a payload into an update and targeting American big organizations and government departments. But it's so easy to get caught up in that. You use the same software that they do and suddenly you've got a breach that um, you couldn't really plan for. And there's millions and millions of dollars going into these um, teams that are trying to attack each other. Okay, so so you need to. So we're now at the bottom end of Africa. Yeah. And I think if if uh, a lot of the customers we speak to will go, oh, well, so who's going to try and hack me? Yeah. Uh, what does my data mean to them? I don't really think. Yeah, I think it's that's a bit of you, you know scaremongering and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. What's your perception around customers' awareness of of what the potential risks are, and and do do business understand where the buck stops? Yeah. So, so I would like to start with the type of data that we have. Okay. So I always make a joke when I do these talks at conferences that, that the person that's going to hack you is probably going to apply your data better than you are because you don't even know what data that you, you, that you're collecting, right? So, so that's the first thing is that what data do we have? And now with Poppy coming into effect where, with where data privacy is quite a big deal at the moment in South Africa, I think it's even more important to understand what data, um, you have. So if you do have personal data, you need to protect that data and it comes back to my point that I made about trust, right? So if I know you as a company have my data and uh, even if it's a small company, right? So so all of these small little um, online shops and everything is popping up everywhere and you're just putting in your personal data in there. If I know there's any risk and you're not looking after my data um, in, in a responsible way, then obviously you're going to lose my trust as a customer and that's going to be the end of you, right? So I think the... the f- with COVID it's even worse. It's down to every restaurant Exactly. Taking all of your personal details. So it's everywhere. Asking for ID numbers for some reason. Exactly. So, so our, we put just providing our data to, to everyone. So, so it's very important to ensure that we make sure as companies that that data, I think from an ethical point of view, we need to ensure that it's safe, right? So, so that for me is the first risk. So, and then the second risk is that, um, not everybody is IT experts, right? And often I see it in big corporates where executives get assigned, like, okay, you're responsible for IT. So I see it a lot with CFOs. Okay, you're responsible for IT. So now the IT manager is going to report into you. But they don't have the technical knowledge and know-how to to ask the right questions, right? So these guys are exposing themselves as the executive, but also now it goes even to board level. So which boards really know what questions to ask? So we had this discussion and I laughed when, when if, wherever I go and we say we're going to do an IT recovery test and we're going to show that we can recover from our secondary site and if we have a cyber attack we can isolate these systems and we can go from on our DR site and all of that fancy stuff. But if you really ask IT to test it, they test what they know works. 
right? So it's not a true test. So at the end of the day, executive is under false impression that things like our IT systems will be available and that assurance then gets to the board and the board sits back and they have absolutely no idea, no idea what questions to ask. So I think the biggest risk for me when it comes to IT is the lack of understanding. Um, and even now with cloud solutions and the technology advancing, it's even, it's even worse. Um, even from a contractual point of view, we don't even know what needs to be in these contracts for us as a business to be covered. So we use software as a service. We, we use cloud solutions, but what are those questions? Um, so I think data and the data management and classification of data is one. And two would be for me is the, the lack of understanding yeah. from people that ha- essentially is responsible for these things. And it, it's amazing for me that when it comes to RT, it suddenly becomes fuzzy. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about it. If there's a financial risk, you know, if someone's going to need fraud in that company, directors are very, very aware that they've got a fiduciary duty, mm. that they need to make sure that's not happening in the organization. But suddenly when it's technology based, uh, that's like our IT guy keeps an eye on that thing. <laughs> It's, the backups are probably going through. They've been told. So. Exactly. Can I tell you, like, I think the main reason for this, and I say this with so much respect and it might be a little bit controversial, but like, it's all down to egos, right? And I see this so many times in boardrooms where people just don't want to admit that they don't know what that means. Okay. So you would use an acronym or they would see something in a report. They have absolutely no idea what it means, but they also don't have the courage to ask that, yeah. like, what is, what does that mean? So, so it comes down to a bit of ego. Ego, in my view. So, so interesting. Well, your ego and maybe maybe a little bit of ignorance, or, yep. or maybe again file thirteening it. Um, but uh, after the the last time we we met, um, I actually came back into our, our organization and and um, wanted to organize a. a, a DR test for one of the systems that we use and then we go down the what I call the IT rabbit hole where we're talking now about a fire drill but a fire drill is only exactly what you said earlier it's a partial test of what what the uh, IT is comfortable of yeah. that they yeah. know that they can deliver, but and Contract. then I go okay, but so if I switch off the whole thing, oh no no no, we we've got to plan more for that. Exactly. So so I think for me and and it's such a key point uh, that uh, question around where the buck stops. So mm-hmm. if you're a, if you're in a large organization with a executive team and a board, there's obviously certain elements that you need to make sure that you you're covering your bases for and then if you're in a in a in a smaller business you probably you probably have quite a bit of skin in the game so mm. so you you should also care about the fact that around again who it is that you trust to say don't worry when that happens we've got a plan and and i think a lot of the times there's reactionary uh, actions and there's not necessarily a plan um, in advance mm. so so let me let's um end off today with with a, a question then so if somebody's listening to this now and they go yikes i need some i'm really really worried now where does one start with something like this so so it specific yaku or, or like in general looking at the bigger business the, the floor is yours you <laughs> tell me <laughs> okay <laughs> come on where, where, where do I start so so I think um, yes IT is a big risk but I think there's a there's a bigger people risk right so so I told you guys a bit of a story of somebody that that wiped servers because they didn't have the right skills and they had permissions that was above what they were capable of so so there's a big people risk and even from a um, employee general employee point of view um, not clicking on links and like it's it's a general awareness people risk right so so that 
that's why I would say, yes, IT systems are important, but you need to have a holistic view of resilience of your organization, right? So is understanding, do you understand your operating environment to start off with? Do you understand the context in which you're operating in? Um, then, then the second part of that is, do you understand the risks associated with operating in that environment? So that's the uncertainties and opportunities is risk is not just bad stuff, right? It's, it's good stuff that can also happen. So we can miss the opportunity. So, so understanding your uncertainties and then, and then really drilling down to having plans in place, even if it's at a high level, you don't have a need a fancy 40 page document to tell you what you're going to do when a crisis hits, right? You want to have a document that helps you make the right decisions because we can't plan for everything. So it's really helping having a decision making framework for when things go wrong. So be prepared, rehearse. And I think like making sure everybody understands their roles and responsibilities and taking ownership. So, um, you, you ask, where does the buck stop, right? Like executives need to make it their business to understand, right? Board members need to make it their business to understand. So it doesn't stop with IT. IT just provides a platform. Businesses are the ones that really needs to own it and drive it and understand it as well. So uh, we can't just assume and throw our hands up in the assumption is the cause of a lot of nonsense in business because I'm assuming you're doing it, you're assuming he's doing it, mm. and at the end of the day, it's not getting done at all. 100%. Um, people just to take ownership of it um, and and have a holistic view of risks, opportunities, but also then making sure you get your planning right. If you are focused on IT and you do know that's a problem, do a high level IT gap analysis to see from a people point of view what's our risks from a from a disaster recovery, from a data point of view, from a security point of view. So analyze those those at a high level and understand where's your risks and then prioritize it because we have limited resources and we need to apply them to where we have the highest risk exposure brad in uh, in the world of it where do we start <laughs> well uh, you'd probably expect a different answer from me but for me it's always about the people and the culture mm. and you know what janita was saying about the assumptions I, I think most of our organizations we sitting with a thousand assumptions and we're going about our daily lives and we stop seeing the problems mm. you know i'm sure most of us we've got a problem in our company and we just we just don't see it anymore it occurred to us 18 months ago two years ago that this was something that should be addressed and then you just got used to it and you step over the hole in the reception every single day when you come into yeah. work and i think you have that all across your organization so for me i'm a, I'm a huge favor of a fresh eye you know someone independent someone that can speak truth to power mm. and the the approach really should be building a healthy, strong organization, you know. So don't put off doing these health checks, checking your cholesterol, doing your blood sugar, checking your weight, um, because you're worried about what the answer that you're going to hear. You know, let's start in a place of reality and let's prioritize the problems and allocate budget and fix it one at a time. But if I'm in a, in a smaller business and I want to, I want to see what today I want to get some comfort so I can sleep tonight. What do I do? Do I find my the the famous IT guy and say, um, come and recover a backup for me? Or well, you know, where's an easy place to start? Well, I think I think we talked about it. You know, it'll it'll always end up being a contrived test. Mm. So I, I think it should be sort of thinking worst case scenario. Uh, if my building burned down with my computer systems inside how would i recover from an awful down situation then you know you can handle a smaller event if you've thought about the worst case scenario so i think it's a great place to start think about the worst think about the worst car accident that you could have and then 
you'll be able to fix the smaller problems when they come, uh, come around. Okay. Thank you very much. So uh, a couple of very, very nice key points, and I think probably the fundamental takeaway for me today is, is, is trust. Uh, you must make sure that you're working with the right, the right people. If you can trust who you're working with, I think a lot of these things can be mitigated. There's, there's actually a very good saying. The Russians say that they came from them. The Americans say it came from them. But trust but verify. And auditors use that all the time. You know, it's good to trust, but check. And maybe it's not anything malicious. Maybe it's just there's a blind spot that they, they're not seeing the problem anymore. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions in your business. Remember, you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And then for added convenience, you can subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you want to listen. If you're looking for help with your communication tools for your business, make sure that you visit catalytic.co.za.